2: LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
1: Well, hello and welcome everybody. You have tuned in to episode number 356 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And we are happy to be here with you tonight, doing the Weekender. And Ooh. if I remember correctly, this is the Weekender number fifty-two.
3: Quite possibly.
1: Yeah, so I think that's right. So I think this is the Weekender L.I.I. Whatever <laughs> lies. Yeah. lies, L.I.I. It's just, yeah, lies. It's lies. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: All lies. lies. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so this is the weekender where we bring you interesting things coming up in the world of amateur radio and open source, things that you can do and participate in, events, special events, uh, things to try, things to experiment with, and then we dive headlong into hedonism, yeah. where we sometimes do music, but we always do food, we always do booze, and we always do fun things to keep you occupied for the next fortnight. And those folks who are bringing this to you, are we i'm russ k5 tux
0: i'm cheryl w5
3: moo and i'm bill any 4rd
1: and as we traditionally do on the weekender we start off with this weekend in amateur radio and bill tells us what kind of contests you can get yourself uh well i was gonna I, once again i was thinking <laughs> two things at the same time so let's say that bill's gonna tell you what kind of contests you can dip your big toes into
3: that's right. Just uh, hot off the field day season. I know you want to get back in there and bang up the bands a little bit more. And, uh, hey, you can uh, check out all the contests that we're talking about over on contestcalendar.com. But this weekend we got the, a nice big one here. Uh, it's the IARUHF World Championship. And it runs from 1200 Zulu on July 11th to 1200 Zulu July 12th. It's 160 through 10, minus those pesky bands that you're not supposed to be on. And the modes there are CW and phone. So the objective of this contest is to support amateur self-training and radio communications, including improving amateur operating skills, conducting technical investigations, and intercommun... Oh, screw that. Just call CQ and have fun. (laughs) Now, Now, do note that there is a five-day log submission deadline on the IARU World Championship. So if you're going to get in there, turn in your log as soon as you finish the contest. So uh, that that would be one for you. Uh, The state QSO party challenges. There is nothing on the calendar that I could find. For this weekend or next. So we'll uh, bypass those. Next weekend, we have a a nice VHF contest. So if you have two meters and six meters, this might be the one for you because those are the only two bands that are allowed. This is the CQ Worldwide VHF contest and it runs from 1800 Zulu July 18th to 2100 Zulu July 19th. And again, it's six and two meters, any mode you care to use. Uh, Multipliers are grid square per band. For stations not working from your home location, so that means you're not at home. <laughs>
2: well, wow, Bill, that's insightful. Thank I you know. For that not that. that great?
3: <laughs> if you are not a rover nor a hilltopper, please use the location, the ARRL section line in the Cabrillo file, to put your state you operated from, uh, since QRA locators, uh, locators to determine this can be ambiguous in some cases. Okay, whatever that means. Um yeah, so uh yeah, so check out the rules, links into the show notes there. Another one that's this weekend or next weekend, sorry, uh, is the North American Cuso Party. And this is the Riddy edition. This is the you know the three three separate weekends. You get a Riddy weekend, a sideband weekend, and you get a CW weekend. Uh, This one's a really fun. It uh, runs from uh, 1800 Zulu July 18th to 050, oh, no, sorry 0559 Zulu July 19th. It's 80 through 10, except for the normal bands that you can't work. And it's sponsored and organized by the na- National Contest Journal. It's a fun, short contest that allows groups of five amateurs to form a team for an additional team score. So it adds a nice... Different little element to the contest as well as your individual score and, you know, even your club score can be counted in some cases, but you can create little teams. So, like, if you're in with your club members and stuff like that, you know, you can make up several little miniature groups of your club members and you guys can compete against each other as well. And they do post those team scores on uh, the website, so uh, register your team early on that one. And uh, yeah, no, no state QSO Party challenges. So what do, you, do we got? Do first? you know if
1: that thing is a that edition, that team thing is a COVID edition or is that a normal thing?
3: That's normal. Yeah, no, they've been doing that for a long time. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always fun. It's, it's a short contest too. It's just uh, you know, it's what, eleven hours, ten hours, something like that. All right. So <laughs> warble, warble, warble. Yeah, warble, warble for twelve hours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Somebody needs to do an amateur radio. Parody of the song Wobble, but call it Warble. <laughs> Wobble.
3: <laughs> I, Challenge. I
1: would, I would enjoy the hell out of that. Anyway, let's move on to amateur radio special event stations that are hopefully not canceled. Uh, the first one is the Iowa State Parks on the Air Centennial at Volga River. This is supposed to be operating from July 12th, 1500 to 1900 Zulu. Call sign Whiskey Zero Echo Oscar Lima. Frequencies on are about 7.240 and 14.240. Mode single sideband. And this is located in one of the most scenic parts of the state. And we are talking about Iowa. Northeast Iowa
3: is often... <laughs> what? That wasn't supposed to be funny. Oh, I'm sorry. You said scenic in Iowa in the same sentence. <laughs> That's where the bridges of Madison County was said. It's scenic there.
1: Yeah, that movie sucks. Uh, Anyway, it's often referred to as Little Switzerland. This is northeast Iowa we're talking about. Because of its rugged topography, rock outcroppings, and forest cover. A sharp contrast to the rolling hills, farmland, and scattered stands of timber found in the majority of the state. Certificate and QSL card will be available managed by Great River Amateur Radio Club. And a link to the show or to show notes, yeah, that'll be in the show notes too, the link to the show notes. (laughs) The link to the show notes will be in the link to the show notes, so make sure (laughs) you
3: get those show note links. Yeah,
1: absolutely do that. Uh, But a link to information about the contest will also be in the show notes. And then we have the Red River Bridge War Special Event. This will be operating, hopefully, from July 18th, 0000. Zulu <laughs> through July 26th, 2359. Zulu. Call side Whiskey 5 India. Frequencies are about 7040, 7250, 14040, and 14250. Modes will be CW and single sideband. The Red River Bridge War was a dispute between Texas and Oklahoma over a new bridge that was built across the Red River in 1931. Tempers were high, but no blood was shed during this dispute. Well, it's not really a war please (laughs) that's unacceptable (laughs) fix it now (laughs) please visit the show notes for a link to more information about the war and qsl information the link of course will be in the show notes national speleological society 79th annual convention okay without looking it up up. (laughs) without looking it up what is speleology come on um it looks like another word if I give you the other word, I bet you'll know it. <laughs> it looks like the word spelunk. Oh, oh yeah. So, oh. what is speleology? It must be the study of caves. It's caving. Of yeah, some sort, it's, yeah. the, it's cave explorers. Uh-huh. Okay. So, National Speleological Society 79th Annual Convention. This is from July 25th, 1800 Zulu through July 31st, 1800 Zulu. Call sign Kilo 8 Victor. Frequencies on or about 7195, 1405, and 14285. Modes CW and SSB. Uh, commemorating the National Speleological Society yearly annual convention from Elking, West Virginia. The convention has been moved to a virtual scenario. There is no indication that the amateur radio special event has been canceled at this time. CW will only be operating slow speed on Saturday of the event. So, otherwise it will just be SSB. So you go. Link, of course, to information will be in the show notes. So there you go. So you can contact a speleological station. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they're not operating from a cave. That'd be tough. (laughs) Not good propagation from there, I would think. Um. Anyway, so for announcements, what did I put in here? Oh, yes, that Linux in the Ham Shack will have a booth at the QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo. We don't know what that booth will look like yet, what content it will have or what interaction we'll be able to provide for visitors, but we hope it's a great experience and want to thank Eric 4Z1UG for sponsoring a place for us in his event. A link, of course, to the Ham Expo is in the show notes. Registration is free, so you should definitely attend, and uh, we will have a presence there. And like I said, we don't know what it'll look like yet. I have, as of today, been given access to the platform so I'm trying to get all of the banners and links and.
3: Oh, you're ahead of me. Shoot, not, he hasn't sent me a link for the K2BSA one yet. Oh, uh,
1: well, you know. I have the stuff and I'm trying to get it set up so it doesn't look like crap. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so, so join us at the, uh, Hamvention, Hamvention, the Ham Expo, which is in place of Ham mention And um, I, I'm setting up a couple of live streams to, like, 10 hour long live streams that i'm linking to the booth so it may just be a case of obs between you and me pointing cameras at nothing <laughs> but uh we'll see there's probably going to be something there we'll see how it goes you
0: can you can have the girls can make their video debut
1: well that's true we could do that yeah we we'll figure have something two out.
0: sleeping dogs
1: <laughs> we want to make it as interactive as possible, and I don't know what is possible using the platform, but we'll do what we can. so we'll get one
0: of those treat things so people can throw treats at them.
1: Virtual treats? Sure. They,
0: no, they do that. They have the thing where you can, like, hit a, an online button and throw your dog a treat. huh. <laughs>
3: Well,
1: we'll see how that goes. <laughs> they
0: would love that. They'd be like, oh, look, treats are falling from the sky.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Russell get tired of standing on the table dropping the treats. That's know, true. Probably. That's true. You're not yeah. going to buy one of those stupid things. So. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So moving on, we have the Linux and the Ham Shack ham radio challenge for this fortnight. And I put in here, operate on a bander mode that is outside of your usual or comfort zone. Just one contact, and you can consider yourself a true adventurer, sort of in the spirit of a speleologist. And I put this in here solely because I'm actually exploring six meters now that I actually can. <laughs> so, And it's a little bit fortuitous that a six-meter contest is coming up real quick, so I might actually be able to make some contacts doing that, or during that, not doing that. Anyway, so moving on to this weekend in open source, we have a distribution to try. And if you listen to last well, a few days ago's episode, you heard about this uh, distribution, but uh, Bill is going to tell you about this distribution again. Yeah, it's, it's
3: the one that's taking over from Russia, <laughs> Soviet Russia. <laughs> this is the uh, you know hundredth uh, uh Russian scandal that we have to deal with this year. But uh, here you go, it's Linux Mint Twenty, Uliana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so get out your vodka and boot this little disc up here. It's a uh, Linux Mint 20. It's a long-term support release, which will be supported until 2025. And it comes with updated software and brings refinements and many new features to make your desktop even more comfortable to use. Cause we want you to fall asleep while you're using it. So current flavors currently available are XFCE, cinnamon and mate. And the star of the show for their release is their fancy new Warpinator application that we ripped to shreds in the last episode. No, we really didn't, but uh, <clears throat> it's out there and available. I did uh, run this for a, uh, a spin and got uh, all the uh, fun uh, ham radio pure blend stuff on there. It doesn't have the same problem that 19.3 did where you needed to have the, uh, you know, use the recommends uh, flag attached to it. So you can just do an app get. An app get install ham radio dash star, and that works. Or you can use the apt install and then use the regex format, you know, upper caret ham radio dash dot star, and of course, it'll all install there as well. Um, the oddities noticed were that uh, CQR log actually uninstalled MariaDB and installed MySQL in its place, uh, but that still seemed to work just fine. And uh, you're running the same version numbers that you can find in Ubuntu 2004 for your favorite applications of WSJTX and JS8 call. So it's a little behind, but uh, but not too bad. So, yeah, give that one a try for uh, for the next few weekends and uh, give us a report back on how well it's working for you.
1: Sounds pretty good. Do you want to do some events or are you going to wait? You're going to hold out for the...
0: I can do events.
1: All right. Well, we do have a couple of events coming up in this weekend in open source. Uh, one we have mentioned before and one we haven't. So I'll let Cheryl take it away.
0: All righty then. So our first one is July 14th through the 17th, 2020 for DrupalCon 2020. And it is everywhere because it is online and virtual. So, And the information is our event organizers and volunteers are working hard to bring you a virtual version of the DrupalCon experience you know and love. DrupalCon is a mission-centric program of the Drupal Association Designed to bring people together to share thought leadership around open source and ambitious digital experiences, provide professional development opportunities to enhance your career and your organization, and invigorate Drupal project momentum. With all of the uncertainty, excuse me, with all the uncertainty in the world, you can be certain that we are working hard to provide an outstanding DrupalCon uh, experience, complete with new innovations made possible by the virtual format. Be part of the excitement. DrupalCon Global is not just another webinar, but an interactive experience offering the opportunity to make connections that will fuel you and your project well after the event. And the information for that is going to be in the show notes. I was
1: so thinking you were going to get through that without a stumble. (laughs) But not quite. You were close. Yeah, I was
0: close. (laughs) Yeah, I was just, my brain for for some reason just got ahead of me or something. (laughs) I don't know what the deal was. So, and the next one is OpenStack 16, and it is July 14th. Of course, it's online virtual, and the information on that is success as a digital business requires a new transform approach to IT service delivery, one that focuses on providing faster access to IT resources while offering the latest capabilities and innovations to developers and operators. Join us for this webinar to learn what's new in the recently launched Red Hat OpenStack Platform 16. We'll cover the single long life release that blends an in innovation. Excuse me, organizations' need for a consistent platform with the open source community's need for of innovation, new features and enhancement. Uh, wow, enhancements that help organizations deliver innovation faster and improvements in operational and management capabilities, including better upgradability, allowing organizations to run critical workloads using the service telemetry framework. And the information for that, of course, will be in the show notes. And it came from Red Hat.
1: And I believe those are both free to attend. So if they are of interest to you or affect your daily work environment, it may be something for you to attend. So check those out. And I threw in here a Linux in the Hamshack open source challenge, the last thing we do before we dive into hedonism. And I said, put an unused Raspberry Pi collecting dust on your shelf. And you know you have one to good use. <laughs> so find something to do with that Raspberry Pi. Maybe you make see it inside a- my house? <laughs> I, I don't need to see inside oh, your house yeah, to know yeah. that if yeah. you're a listener of this program, you most likely have a spare Raspberry Pi lying around somewhere. Snowbox. I know I've got one. Yeah, so yeah.
0: <laughs> At least a dozen. No,
1: I only have one, but I only know I water. have one. So, <clears throat> All right. Well, enough about that stuff. Let's move into the world of hedonism, the, the world of uh, music and food and whiskey and, and all the things we enjoy talking about once every two weeks. And we're going to start with Cheryl's recipe corner, and she's going to talk about something she made for us a couple of days ago, which turns out to be really, really good. So pay did attention. I, like I did like
0: it. All right. So, so yeah, uh, let me let me just give you a brief uh, explanation here i'm a pamper chef consultant and this spring they released their deluxe air fryer so after much whining russ finally told me to buy one and i did and that was one of those things i thought i'd use it for a little bit and then it would get shoved to the back of the cabinet somewhere no i don't think so because we use the pants off the dang thing um, and we're
1: going to be using it right after the show
0: yeah we're going to be using it right <laughs> after the show to warm up uh Crab bombs. The crab bombs that I had as a recipe a couple of weeks ago. So anyway, uh, this time I decided to uh, pull out that air fryer and use a Pampered Chef recipe uh, that they've published. Um, and we both loved it. The sauce that went with it was amazing. Although
1: I, I think it could have used probably double the jalapeno.
0: Probably, yeah. Um, I, I am not a cauliflower fan. Russ loves it. So I needed something to cover up the taste of the cauliflower and this, this cauliflower. You no, know, the <laughs> sauce worked well. Let me tell you, but it does. It's, it's very, um, it's, it's jalapeno and cilantro heavy, but for some reason my jalapenos were apparently a little on the weak side. So next time I'm going to throw in a few more, uh, jalapenos, but anyway, um, obviously this recipe is formatted for the air fryer and the pampered chef blender. Uh, and if you don't have those things, which most people don't, obviously, you can do this. Uh, you can do the chicken in your oven or on your grill, and you could use a blender or a food processor, just a regular one, to make the sauce. So, anyway, what I fixed was the Peruvian chicken with green sauce. The chicken, um, the Paper Chef rotisserie or Paper Chef air fryer has a rotisserie in it. So I used a whole chicken, which was four pounds or smaller because of the size constraints. Some vegetable oil, lime juice, sugar, cumin, paprika—excuse pep- uh, me, paprika, oregano, salt, black pepper, and garlic cloves. And for the green sauce, it needs cilantro, jalapeno, lime juice, garlic cloves, Parmesan, white vinegar, salt, and mayonnaise. Um, so. Basically, you cover your chicken with the um, oregano and cumin and the lime juice and things like that. Um, that's that's your base, and it came out quite tasty. It
1: did come out quite tasty, and we've been talking about whether or not you need to do it with skin on chicken. So the next time we do it, we may do it with just boneless, skinless boneless chicken yeah, breasts to and see, see what
0: happens. Yeah
1: if it changes it at all but we did it with a skin on bone-in chicken the first time and it comes out super good even though the sauce has jalapeno in it it came out what i would consider too mild Um, yeah
0: there there was very 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 little um of the jalapeno bite in it so yeah it was it was kind of a weak uh pitiful I, sauce. I would i would double the jalapeno in it but other
1: than that it was fantastic the taste is not really a flavor profile i've had before but the combination of that sort of uh creamy cheesy jalapeno-y sauce on top of uh you know crispy chicken and chicken skin is uh yeah pretty damn good yeah,
0: i i had leftover leftover peruvian chicken last night for dinner it's it really hasn't changed. You know, it Usually, after you wait a couple of days, the flavor intensifies on food. Uh, I, last night, the only thing that may have intensified a little bit was the cumin that I used in it. But I, I like cumin, so it really wasn't an issue for me. But um, I do have a friend that has done it with boneless, skinless chicken breast. She said it was amazing. So, there you so go. I guess we'll see.
1: I guess we will see the next time we make it. Or you make it, I guess. Because <laughs> well, there's not, no reason why you can't make well, it. Well, I'm not really participating, except in the eating part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're getting really good at loading food in that uh, air fryer. So Yeah, we'll see what
1: happens. All right, so moving on, we are down to my drink corner for tonight. And I picked up a bottle on Saturday of Baker's 7-year-old single-barrel bourbon. And according to uh, Jim Beam, because this is a Beam Suntory product... Um, which is interesting because they don't do a lot of small batch bourbons or whiskeys. But this is one of the ones they do. They say burnt brown sugar, toasted Marcona almonds. Yeah, Marcona almonds, of course. And hints of creme fraiche surface on the alluring nose here. The palate is firm but not overwhelming with a potpourri of dried stone fruit, spices, and a hint of molasses. The above-average finish shows a bit of heat and lots of spice. Baker's bourbon is tasty, served neat, but works even better on the rocks. Yeah, marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My comments are about the bottle specifically. This particular bottle that I bought is from Rickhouse CL-P. It was barreled in January of 2013. It was bottled in February of 2020 and has a serial number of 000324172. So if you buy a bottle of this that has all of those same features, it should taste exactly the same as mine. If not, it may be slightly different. Uh, but, of course, overall, it should have same, roughly the same flavor profile. Um, because these are all single barrel releases, every time they run out of a barrel, they have to change information. So the mash bill on this is it's 77% corn, 13% rye, and 10% malted barley, which means it's a low rye bourbon, which suggests that it should be fairly sweet. And overall, it is. The proof on it is 107, which is 53.5% alcohol. It comes from the Beam Distillery down there in Claremont, Kentucky, or I should say over there because Kentucky is sort of due east. (laughs) Um. The color on it is a rather appealing medium amber, and I was so hoping that the cork on this thing was going to live up to its appearance,
0: because
1: it's a stout-looking cork, um, but the damn thing is plastic, so it's a cheap piece of junk. (laughs) 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 Um, But anyway... It looks impressive, but it isn't. Oh wait, let me let me try the pop here. It's not gonna be as impressive because I already drank about a quarter of the bottle. But <laughs> 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 yeah, that's since we started recording. <clears throat> yeah, <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we Couldn't go. Couldn't tell. Yeah, see that's so lame. All right. Anyway, once once they get wet, they're just not impressive. So on the nose, I do get what? What are you laughing at? I was just going to say that's what she said. (laughs) 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 Uh, Good. Yes. Highbrow humor. All right. (laughs) So on the nose, I do get, I do get quite a few different things, but I'll, I'll try and explain this a little bit. And when I get to the end, um, on nose, you get, you get barrel oak, you get chocolate and vanilla bean at the same time, which is interesting. Why would you taste chocolate and vanilla at the same time? But you actually can, um, You get artificial cherry. I saw several people describe it as Twizzlers. Um, I'm just going to call it artificial cherry to avoid lawsuits. Um, Peanut shells, and I mean specifically peanut shells. Not peanuts, but peanut shells. Um, And I was going to take this out because I don't get leather, but what I do get is tobacco. Somebody else got leather. I don't get leather. I get tobacco. And barrel char. So on the taste, you get toasted oak, dried fruit, um, sort of like a dried fruit potpourri. It's not like you can pick out apple or peach or apricot or anything like that. But you definitely get a sort of neutral dried sweetness along with caramel, peanut, baking spice, honey, and molasses. So all of that kind of stuff is in there. And then on the finish, some of that goes away. And you're left with a little bit of roasted corn flavor, a little bit of corn sweetness, a barrel char, uh, definitely some vanilla. And that that hint of baking spices becomes more of a hint and definitely goes away in the sort of medium-long finish. So this bottle um, of single-barrel Baker 7 runs about 60 bucks, maybe 65 depending on where you're at. So you're forking out a pretty penny for a bottle of bourbon because there are lots of less expensive bourbons in this. Um, what I found is all those flavors are present, but they all felt kind of thin and flat to me. Like I, you're literally lacking mouthfeel on some of the higher proof bourbons that I've tasted that I really like. They feel sort of thick and chewy like like you're really sort of getting a hold of something and this doesn't have any of that so while it does have a sort of complex aroma and palate i didn't find any of those flavors particularly amplified or even particularly interesting and that's really disappointing in a bottle that costs 60 bucks and i i have you know, I went through the whole neck pour thing, and I've done a few glasses here, and I'm even feeling pretty good right now, being about a four, you know, fourth of this bottle in, and I'm still not impressed. So, I think the good bit is at the bottom. You just got to keep going. Oh, uh, maybe that's <laughs> it. So, before I get there, I'm going to try and give this a a reasonable rating. And unfortunately, considering how expensive this is, and considering how highly rated some of my friends and. uh other whiskey aficionados that I know have rated this thing, I have to say I remain disappointed with it. And I've been disappointed in other things, and I've kind of come around to them over time. But I've got to go with my impression as it sits, and I really don't like this much. (laughs) So um, I'm going to give it an 82. Oh.
3: So... Might as well be drinking bar Swill or something.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. It's pretty disappointing. I would I would put a lot of my um, bottom-shelf mixer-type stuff in so, probably the low to mid-70s. It's like so, maker's mark territory there. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope I come around to this. I hope it opens up a little bit. I hope something more becomes of it than, than what I've been experiencing tonight. But, yeah, overall, I would say this is definitely a skip it. So all right that was baker's seven single barrel bourbon bill you got anything
3: for us no just drinking the turkey here so uh nothing special maybe yeah i'd time. take the wild turkey 101 to this so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely good yeah
1: <laughs> <clears throat> but uh yeah not much going on here
3: no 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 so
1: all right well, that means we have come down to the end of the show. But before we leave you with the hedonism and all the other things we've talked about tonight, we do want to mention the folks who've been in the chat room chatting with us for the last half hour or so, because we appreciate all of them and we appreciate all of you for listening and for downloading the podcast and for supporting the show and all the different ways you can do that. But with us tonight, we had Tony K4XSS, Jim V5EV, Ted WA0EIR, Don, KC9ZMY, Dave, VE5UO, Tom, N4HAI, and Darren, VK6EK. So thanks, everybody, for being here tonight. We really appreciate each and every one of you. Send us some feedback. If you get mine, too, we'd love to hear from you. Whether it's good or bad, we want to know how we're doing, and we just like to hear your voices or read your emails. We appreciate it. And make sure to uh, check us out at the QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo on August 8th and 9th. With that, we are going to wrap up episode number 356 of Linux in the Hamjack. I'm Russ, K5TUX.
0: I'm Charles, W5MOO.
3: And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. 73.
2: for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS Live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at